I don't have any non-human pets, so. Are they better or worse behaved than non-human pets, what would you say? That's so hard to quantify. I'm going to need some like methodology framework to even begin to answer that question. How often do they pee in your house? Zero. There you go. And if they vomit, they have to clean it up themselves. It's only fair. This is Two Girls, One Mic, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls on Mike, the porncast where if you can't afford a tech dominatrix, just use Internet Explorer. I'm your co-host, Alice Vaughn, and with me is my gorgeous co-host today, Kate Kennedy. Kate, how are you doing? I'm hanging right on in there. How are you? I'm doing all right. And that lovely third other voice that you've heard who has the non-animal pets is Mistress Harley. Hello. Thanks for being here with us today. Always a pleasure to hang out with some girls. I can't wait because we've had fin doms on before. We haven't had the one and only tech dom. That's right. Okay, can you explain what a tech dom is? Because I actually don't totally know and I'm, I'm curious. Of course, I'm always happy to educate. So first of all, tech dom is a title. It's not A, I'm the. So I kind of invented this fetish of high-tech domination, where instead of taking over men's bodies just explicitly, I take over their high-tech devices, their computers, their phones, their social media, and then I use those things to control them in a kinky way. So I'm sure you've talked to other girls who are like, yeah, and I whip him and I make him wear panties. And mine is like, uh, you can't use your computer until you put on panties and send me a bunch of humiliating photos. And of course, as with financial domination, I can use the control of their phones and computers to take all the money out of their bank accounts, pay myself whenever I want. It is fabulous. Wait a minute. How much access do you have? 100% in many, many cases. Now, I feel like I have to tell everyone, Alice and I made a bet I bet her $5 that I could shock her. She was like, at this point, nothing can shock me. And I was like, I bet you I can. Are you shocked yet, Alice? Not yet. Not yet. I mean, we've heard stories about, like, nailing someone to a literal cross on the show. So it's going to take a little while and shoving, like, Barbies up an asshole. When I drain someone's 401k, that pain lasts so much longer than asshole or crossplay. (laughs) Wait, you're training people's 401k? I had one guy sell his house, and then when the money went into his bank account, the money actually went into my bank account. So one guy, it was like $1.3 million. Holy cow. Okay, I'm shocked. Okay, I'm Venmoing you the five bucks after this. I lost the bet already. (laughs) So easy, so quick. Wait until I tell you about the guy I had castrated. Oh my God. Shut up. Like chemically, or like... Bands? Surgically. Holy ball sack, literally. How do we start this process? <laughs> I didn't do it myself. I'm not a doctor. But using that high-tech control I just talked about, I made this person go through all the steps that they would have to do. So first, they had to talk to a psychologist about why they didn't want their testicles anymore. Then they had to find a doctor that would perform the ophiectomy procedure. Then they had to fly to Mexico to get that done, all because I had total control of their whole lives. 
And I was just going to go to Tijuana to get my wisdom teeth out to save some money, but... Girl, get some other stuff while you're there. Whatever you want. <laughs> I know. I've heard. It's like a huge... There's a huge like medical tourism industry down there. Absolutely. That's crazy. How long did that process take? While I'm down there, can I buy his balls? Is that an option? Uh, I don't think so. That was years ago. And I'm pretty sure they disposed of them medically. But you asked how long of a process that was. This person had been obviously thinking about having something like this done to them for a very long time. And in fact, this person had this done like five years ago, and we still talk daily. And the one thing that they have said to me is, I wish I hadn't waited 20 years to find you and make this happen. So, I mean, this is like an agendered person. Mm -hmm. So it was part of their journey that they needed someone like me to facilitate, just like a personal trainer. You hire a personal trainer because you want to get in shape. You know you can't do it yourself. That's nice. You hire Harley when you want to get rid of your balls, but you're not quite ready to take that step yet. Yeah, I love doing gender transitions. I'm a big fan of helping people in their gender journey because it's always away from male. And I'm like, anything not male... Yeah, it is. It's a fascinating. I think that's really cool. I think there's a lot of intersections between sex work and also I think sex work for a lot of people can help them facilitate that journey, whether it's towards a gender expression that is more suited for them or different like fetishes and becoming comfortable with those parts of yourself. Like I know we do say, and I think it's important that sex work is not therapy. We are not therapists. But I think it is really beautiful to get to be in a position, have that job of that trust that you get to kind of guide someone through a really monumental step in their life. I'm a really big fan of sexual and intellectual freedom. And I think that one of the things I enjoy doing is facilitating that personal growth because I don't believe that fetishes are just like gross things people do alone. I think that fetish is an inherent part of who we are and what we need and the kind of relationships we want to have. And so if you are able to grow as a person and learn things about yourself and help in the way you need help to move forward, then... Sex work is just as helpful in that way. Not therapy, helpful. Absolutely. What led you to pursuing becoming a tech dominatrix? What is your origin story? Oh, yes. My superhero origin story. So I was working as a technical project manager in the video games industry in Silicon Valley. I'd been doing that for nearly a decade I even have a Scrum Master certification for Agile Software Development, if anyone's familiar with what that means. And I am. Yes. So, you know, I'm working in high tech, and I just hated the lifestyle. I would wake up at 5 a.m., run a 5K, go to work, take a shower at work because we had showers at work, you know, try to get home before traffic, just all that rat race shit. I hated it. And I was kind of dabbling in the BDSM scene. I was living in San Francisco. And I started to notice, like, guys just really wanted, first of all, they wanted to play with me. They were like, hey, could I pay you $20 to come to this party with me? Nothing has to happen, but just to come with me. Like, okay, I started exploring that a little bit. And then as I started playing with these guys and making more money for fun than I was at my day job... I thought, okay, I could just do for fun for money, and why not, right? 
And some of these long-term guys I was playing with, they started asking for like more and more control. They were like, hey, can you make it so I can't watch porn on my phone? Can you like block me from dating sites on my computer? Could you like make automatic withdrawals from my checking account? And I was like, actually, yes, I can. I started out as a quality assurance tester in the video game industry before I worked my way up as a project manager. And so a QA person is someone that just breaks software. They just sit there and go like, what would the dumbest person do? What could fuck this up? And so that background of like breaking things made it so easy to translate into like, okay, I've worked on every computer system. I know every parental control software. I know how to use elevated permissions because those are always screwing up computers. Yeah, you want me to block your porn and take money out of your bank account? Yes, I can. And so I Googled TechDom. I wanted to see if anyone had ever thought about this before. It was the first time I Googled something and there were zero results. It said there's nothing. And so I called my lawyer. I was like, hey, I want to file a trademark because I'm doing a thing. And since then, uh, that has only grown in popularity. I think people hear about it and get interested in it. Women want to know how to make money with it. So I teach them how to do that. Guys want to experience it just to feel what it's like. And of course, you know, the digital space keeps evolving as COVID and everything else has forced people's lives to be more digital. I mean, just think about if I was sitting at your computer and I could do anything I want, I could find out everything about you, where your mom lives, your phone number, where you work. I could pull your whole resume, your tax returns. I love to pull guys' tax returns. I'm like, oh, yeah, here's like every income source you've ever had. Let me just... Please don't do that to me. Also, the IRS, if you're listening, please don't do that to me. I only do that when people pay me to. I do have some issues with the IRS, the audience knows. So if you'd like to help with that, I would pay you. So it wouldn't ruin my life. It would make it better, actually. The IRS thinks I made too much money. Uh, Oh, you need a good accountant, Alice. They're all busy. Oh, I know. I, I do too. Right. I need to Sorry. call like tax fixer people and be like, I was in my early twenties and I fucked up a little bit. Sorry. Have you guys formed a corporation? Pass through corporation? Multiple. I need to. I live in California, so I currently need to do it in a different state because it is obviously mad expensive to do in California. That is my number one business advice to other women is form an LLC, make it a pass through corporation, get your taxes straight, because if you're not doing crime, no one can come after you. If you're paying your taxes, no one can come after you. You have no chink in your armor. Gotta fix that chink. And if you're going to do it, do it in a state with very low taxes like Delaware, Montana, Texas, and or Florida. You can form a corporation outside of the country in a country like Estonia, where the laws are different and just saying. What are the benefits of having a corporation in Estonia? I have not looked into this. I would Google that. Give that a Google. I would say it's probably similar to the benefits of having one in the Cayman Islands. Just off the top of my head. Including citizenship. (laughs) There you go, Alice. You can move to Estonia. You would be like a princess there. Well, first off, I already have dual citizenship. And second, literally anyone could be a princess in Estonia. Have you looked at the women? I mean, we we could (laughs) definitely be princesses. I don't know. Eastern European women are absolutely fucking gorgeous. I do another podcast where I just interview cam girls that are mostly Romanian. And every single one of them is a fucking... I'm Romanian. uh, They're all of you. (laughs) 11 out of 10. Fucking out of the park. They're all gorgeous. 
I'm like, I'm on. not you even wake, kidding. You just wake up looking like this. Like, what the? Yes. My Irish eyes are not smiling. Have they ever since the famine? Or the troubles? You know? Yeah, you're right. That song is such a misnomer. It really is. It's propaganda to make everyone think you're happier than you are. So, yeah. That is that is extremely Irish behavior. I was sitting here, her mistress, and I was thinking to myself, you know, what could you possibly be doing? You know, are you forcing them to use Internet Explorer? Are you telling them, hey, we're going to downgrade your Internet all the way to one megabyte per second and then download this five-hour film? <laughs> but no, it's worse. It's worse. It's way worse. Or better. Sometimes I make them put cameras in their house, like Nest Cam, so I can just click in on my phone and watch them 24-7. And, like, one of my favorite things to do is I'll uh, queue up, like, creepy ghost noises. And I wait until they they go to sleep, right? And then I start like a, a baby laughing and a cat meowing and like just whispering voices. And then I watch them on the camera wake up and lose their fucking mind. I actually on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel and uh, the video is called the Mistress Harley wake up or good morning. But you can watch me do this to one of these guys and I laugh and I laugh. <laughs> that's hilarious I love it. somebody suggested I do that and do like a 24 hour like cam in like my shower or something for like OnlyFans and I was like yeah like in theory that sounds like a great idea but I don't actually usually look awesome when I'm in mm. my shower <laughs> and I don't feel like everyone else needs to like experience that like I mean I don't want people to ever look at me unless I tell them to look at me. So, exactly. You know. <laughs> exactly. I, whenever anyone brings that up to me, because they're always like, oh, just do more casual shit. Like, just like, just stuff you bumming around your house. I'm like, would you want pictures of you? Like, when you're at your sweatpant grossest, do you want naked pictures of yourself on the internet in that state? Because I certainly do not. Laying back, double chin. There are some guys who are into it. I'm sure there are, but it's like I, at the end of the day, have to live with my Google image search results as well. That's true. <laughs> I'm pretty gross alone, so hard pass on that. I'm pretty gross alone. I don't need to. Yeah, no. Like I've spent most of today in my I just got these new cloud pajamas. They both have clouds on them and feel like a cloud. Oh, wow. They're amazing. And of course, I'm like in L.A. in a bikini, like literally <laughs> just. If you're watching this, you get to see uh, Mistress Harley in a bikini. So become a patron today. I am also in LA in shorts and a tank top because it is fucking hot. It Holy is. shit, it's warm. Summer I, is back. Yeah. I had my birthday party down at Venice Beach yesterday and it was 88 degrees. That's why I love California. Love, love it. it. Love it It hot. was really windy. Like it did kind of feel like we were celebrating in Aladdin's lamp, but... It was fun. But going back to smart home fuckery, yes. there's a number of things you can do. Like everything from, I mean, just thinking to myself, I, for my smart home, I had a wink hub so you could easily change their code to get into the house. You can uh, play around with their nest, yep. with uh, their home settings. Yes, I've made people turn off their heat just to give me more money. Like, no, no heat in the winter for you. Are you my landlord? Oh, no. <laughs> Might be. I'm just kidding. They tried. It's an old building. It doesn't work. It's fine. Oh, I don't own anything old. I'd rather be a little cold in like January than risk a gas leak, I guess. So it's fine. That's another thing. You could see what exactly like the gas input and output is if you hooked up the uh, oil gauges to that. You could do so much, dude, at this point, especially for people who have like smart houses wired in because my dad's been doing this the last like year or two. 
Like everything in his house is smart now. Anything that's plugged in his to a smart out to an outlet. Yeah. Yeah. And if oh. they have an Alexa, I can like order stuff for mm. them where I'm like, Alexa, buy three pounds of lube on Amazon while they're somewhere else. They don't even know I'm having this stuff ordered and sent to their house. Discreet packaging not required. <laughs> Just like a five gallon bucket of lube just like shows up at your door. It's always dicks. And they put them in these discreet packaging mm. where it says dildo on yeah. the side. It's like, yes, perfect. I've gotten a few of those and it'll have like all of the Chinese characters as like the return dress or whatever. And then it'll say dildo, pleasure, fun, novelty yeah. toy on it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is so discreet, Amazon. Thank you for like, <laughs> making sure my mailman knows who's this nice elderly man making sure he knows I'm a pervert. Love that. He knows you're fun. He knows I'm <laughs> so fun. No, my my super did ask me. She's like, "Who's Kay Kennedy?" And I was like, "I do stand up, and that's my stage name." Because I think she thought I had a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> what am I missing that would surprise people? That could be hooked up nowadays. Everything. I mean, total integration. Everything. The smart homes that are fully integrated, mm-hmm. like you said, lock and unlock doors, uh, control the heat, the lights. So the smart light bulbs, so I can turn lights like bedtime, all the lights in your house go off. Yeah. Even the appliances now, if you have the smart fridge and stuff, you can turn those on and off, add stuff to the shopping list. Are you leaving notes on their smart fridge? <laughs> no. Instead, I, I make sure that they get uh, like fattening foods if they want to be fat. Like if they're feeder like guys, I'm like, okay, heavy cream instead of milk for all of your foods now. Some people actually pay me to like monitor them so they lose weight. And so then I'm like, it's all kale for you this week. That's amazing. I just found this out a couple of months ago, but my like high school ex-boyfriend, like from when I was like 16, is a feedy. Like he wants, that's his like ultimate sexual fantasy is to be strapped to a bed and like fed pie until he explodes. Yeah. And he kept texting me about it at like three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, dude, you're married and you broke up with me 10 years ago. This is not appropriate. I need to block your number. I'm so sorry. Some of my exes call me for $5 a minute. That should be, the, I think, the minimum that it costs exes to contact you. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. And now I'm kind of back in like the normal dating pool. And it's so weird because I'm like, why are you talking to me and you're not paying me? And then I'm like, oh, I'm trying to like have a relationship. But at the same time, like that sex work part of my brain is never going to totally turn off. Or I'm like, I feel like you should be compensating me for dealing with this. Oh, the part where you know your value of your time and your energy? Yeah. So you've now convinced me to get a separate number to give to people. If they want my time, they have to pay for it. Oh, you can just get on Sex Panther, Alice. I'll help you set it up. I should. They keep texting me and asking me why I'm not active on the platform anymore. I use Sex Panther. You do too. I should get a sex panther, not even for people to sex. It's like, if you need to talk to me, if you need any help, you know what? If you just need to ask me a question here, pay me. I just, I don't have time to deal with it. Otherwise, yes. I think you guys are going to convince me to do it. I honestly think that's one of those things where I I don't, I mean, I get because the platform is like very specifically tailored to phone sex, but like it's a good in general, like the technology behind it, where it just encrypts both phone numbers and you can set your price. I really don't understand why they haven't pivoted kind of like OnlyFans to doing sex work. Yeah. But also more like influencer stuff, because I just feel like I know so many people that are not sex workers, but in that mainstream influencer space where they would definitely take phone calls or text with their fans for a certain amount of money. And like when I was active on the platform, like 
I was always in the top like hundred and I was making, I could basically turn it on and get, if my rent was like short one month, I'd turn it on like the week before the pay period before and I could guarantee I'd make like a thousand dollars just. It's just basic supply and demand economics. Mm -hmm. We work in a society where people want our attention all the time, not just for sex work, like you pointed Mm -hmm. out. And so the idea that we have to answer emails at night or respond to somebody just because they want something from you, like, fuck that. If we made it a standard, like humans unite, Mm -hmm. your time is money. Don't give it to people for free, just like your nudes. Don't give them away for free. This should really be the standard for paying people overtime when you're not on the clock. Like my boss just texted me before. I'm like, you know what? If I had a Sex Panther number, I would actually take that message right now. Boom. I agree. It should cost more to like, yeah, if you're just going to be on call all the time. Because it is, it stresses me out too. Like when people, because I deal with a lot of like East Coast people as well. And I'm in LA. And so like if I, like I'll get messages at like six o'clock in the morning and I'm like, could you not? I don't remember the last time I was awake at six o'clock in the morning that I hadn't stayed up until six o'clock in the morning. I get out of bed for a minimum of five grand where it's like, okay, if I'm asleep and you want me to wake up and take your call, put five grand in my hand and then, okay, now it's maybe it's worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'll go shopping. (laughs) Now, here's a question. How do you have your subs pay you? Because I read online and correct me if I'm wrong, you got your PayPal shut down. Oh, yeah. I mean, anyone in the adult industry, they end up getting their PayPal, their Venmo, their Cash App. All of these services have very unfriendly terms of use. Oh, well, good for you. I've never had any of mine, but I'm like, I police it like really, really strictly. That's really good. But that's also a job and something you have to worry about because, you know, if someone Venmos you, you know, some Mm -hmm. if one little thing goes wrong, your account could get shut down. So because I'm an incorporated business, as I mentioned, I actually have a merchant services account with Visa and MasterCard. And of course, I know there's been a lot of news about like Pornhub because they were non-compliant with a lot of the rules. And, you know, right now we live in a world where money is actually censorship. So Visa and MasterCard are able to censor the whole wide internet just because they don't like certain words and certain topics. But I don't even take off my clothes. Like, I don't get naked. I don't insert anything in me. It's very easy for me to be compliant with the Visa MasterCard guidelines. Now, fun fact, Visa MasterCard just, uh, I believe I want to say it was MasterCard, released new guidelines, all of which, technically, if you read them, Pornhub would follow, but they're not going to apply the standards to Pornhub because they're selective. Well, and Pornhub is so behind the game. I made a video three years ago on YouTube going, how is it that no one is 2257 compliant? Why do I, as an individual, have to prove that everyone in any video I ever make is over the age of 18, but Pornhub doesn't? (laughs) Yeah, that's one thing that I'm glad is changing where only models can put out videos. And, you know, because... That was the one thing that everyone in the sex work industry was talking about. It's like, why can anyone put out videos? You should put out some sort of verification because otherwise people are stealing your content and putting it out there. Always. And if you think about the hoops you have to jump through to be a verified creator on Pornhub as well, because that was the same thing when I went through that process of you have to send in the pictures with you holding the thing. And it's like, okay, how come I have to go through all this fucking shit to get the little blue check, which on Pornhub doesn't mean that much, but like... To get that, and yet someone can upload a video for with nothing like that. So I actually think that's a positive change 
Yeah. People could steal your shit, which is committing a crime. Exactly. Without being verified. <laughs> which is, yeah, it's garbage. Like you, from the get-go, it's like if you have a download button, it's going to be abused. And I, so I'm glad they got rid of that. I will say like I, as a sex worker, like completely verify that like, yes, a lot of payment platforms and sites do discriminate against sex workers. I will say that I, a lot of the voices I see speaking the loudest about it are also people where I can one click into their social media and I'm like, you violated this, 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 and this. So I'm like, okay, yeah, the, the rules kind of suck, but you're using their service. So you got to like abide by the rules. And if you don't, I mean, if you do and you get shut down, then like, yeah, that sucks. And that's not fair. And I totally agree. The rules aren't always fair. But it's like, here's, and I feel like you seem like you speak out about this too, because I do as well, where I'm like, then don't fucking do this shit. Yeah. Like, I see so many girls that are like, I'm shadow banned on Twitter. This is this sucks. It's discriminatory. And I like clicked their profile. And I'm like, you're posting 10 links a day. You're retweeting all of this crap that has tons of hashtag hottest milf, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that's how they flag bots. Like there has to be some level of like automation in the way that they flag bots. It's just how these companies work and you're giving them everything they need to be like, this doesn't seem like a legitimate account. Another chink in the armor. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of my career in this industry has been figuring out where people are weak and correcting for that. So I have a lawyer. I see girls doing all kinds of stuff that is illegal. My favorite is when they steal someone else's porn to put it in their video where it's like, yeah, jack off to this dick. But they've stolen a dick pic from a porn star, an actual porn star. And what? Yeah, which violates 2257 compliance and is, uh, you know, just illegal prima facie. It is not legal to use someone's photo without their consent in a product for sale. And so, yeah, I went about correcting all those problems. Like I incorporated, I got a lawyer, I got an accountant. Just the idea that you would leave yourself open to being abused by these institutions, whether it's banks, the government, the IRS, like I just unacceptable to me. So showing my cleavage, I don't fucking care, but being vulnerable to the man, unacceptable. <laughs> thousand percent and it is it's like okay the rules of the game might be rigged but if they are rigged and you recognize what the rules are you can play back yeah one yeah. of the ways i did that because you know adult content is also not allowed on like the apple store or in google play or any of these things so i made a hip-hop album because music can be anywhere. And why is it that men can rap about like pimping bitches and slapping hoes, but then you say the exact same shit on YouTube, you get banned. But if it's in musical format, they can't stop my free speech. That's amazing. So if anything, I mean, what you, what will happen is Ben Shapiro will have some choice words, mostly about his wife <laughs> okay this reminds me of there's an episode of 30 rock where they're doing the fake reality show for tracy's wife and he doesn't want to be on it and so he starts like singing all of his lines to the tune of popular songs and so he's like now tracy you can't use any of my songs and like <laughs> and then at one point he wears like an <gasps> islander's mask because he's just like he's it's copyrighted you have to blur my face on the show 
Exactly. So, you know, the same way cops have started streaming music so that you can't record them and live stream it to Facebook or YouTube. There are ways around for savvy businesswomen who uh, get, you know, shut. I get shut down for being pornographic, even though I don't get naked. See, this is why none of my exes can ever error sex tapes. They all have Disney copyright music in the background. Can't listen. Can't watch it. Plus revenge porn. Well, that too. But I'd like to think that, you know, if you start airing a sex tape and all of a sudden, like, the seaweed is always greener starts coming on. I will say I used to do a thing where I would dance around in my underwear to like classic songs because that's what I used to strip to and stuff. And the only time I ever got one taken down was to Bad Bad Leroy Brown. (laughs) So for some reason, like Jim Crowkey's estate is like really up on the DMCA. No, yes. I did like Bruce Springsteen. I did George Michael. I did like all of these other like 80s ones and like nothing. The only one I got taken down was Jim Crokey. And I got a really mean <laughs> email about it. Yes. So, you know, these are the issues we deal with in this industry. And so if you know where they come at you, there are also ways to go around. I have a bunch of books on Amazon because, again, literature is not censored. So you can say any idea in a book and that's not illegal. But if you say it on Pornhub, on YouTube, on Twitter, whatever, that's a problem. But uh, I have a book called The Scam Book, which is the book for guys who love to lose. It's an instant scam. That's what it says on the cover. And then you open it up and it says, this is a scam. There's only one one star review. And it's like, this is a total scam. And I laugh and I laugh. (laughs) See, it's interesting that their speech rules extend to books, but yet on other products, it stops because I, I sell parody products and my parody products were pulled off Amazon. And I'm not even joking when I say I had a lawyer from Amazon write that I was offending children and Caucasians. And that's why they removed them. Yeah, I can't make that up because that's too fucking funny for me to ever write. You're the one that called the crayon white power white. Okay. It was called privilege. That's it. <laughs> that said, I was making an offensive ish pack and I was working with this company and I thought to myself like, all right, I'm trying to get like these other horrible ones passed, like lemon party yellow. So I'm like, all right, what's something that's going to throw them off? I've got it. So I called the white one school shooter white. So they focused on that one, but let the other 23 pass. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just change that one anyway. I want to be best friends with both of you. (laughs) Absolutely. They're great crayons. I have some. They're awesome. They're really fun. She also made a coloring book called Happy Little Dictators. Aww. And it's like Bob Ross style cartoons of like Hitler and Mussolini. And it's absolutely fucking hilarious. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I thought I was offensive. Like, uh-uh. one of the things that's gotten me like banned from Twitter and other platforms before is that oftentimes in the taboo world of BDSM and humiliation fetish, people of color want to pay me to use racial slurs because, you know, if you are a white person and you want to be demeaned, you might say to somebody like, oh, please tell me I'm a cracker or whatever. Call me Karen. Yes, call me Karen. But see, white people get to have the privilege of being humiliated by people of color, and that's allowed and should be allowed, of course. I'm not pro-censorship. But if you are a white appearing person doing the same service for a person of color, banned, 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 canceled, banned. 
I actually have another video about this where I'm like, this is like, you want me to deny service to people of color? That's against the law. <laughs> that is interesting. That's something that I, because that when I was doing like studio porn too, I was always very much like, I never did anything like that because I also knew I wanted to have a mainstream career. And I was like, I do not like, I don't care if you can see me getting fucked in the ass. But if there's a video of me using the N-word going around the internet, like I have a huge problem with that. Like that's, that's yeah. going to be bad because someone's going to clip that and be like, hey, Kennedy's a racist. And I'll be like, no, they paid me to do it. But so I, from the get-go, was like, I'm really, like, I'm the whitest person I know. I am super not comfortable. <laughs> like, dude, so I just like always very much avoided that kind of stuff. But I think you bring up an interesting point about like, yeah, denying service. Really, because why do white people get to indulge every fetish they want? But then if a black person says this is my fetish, then mm -hmm. you are not allowed. I'm not a big fan of the fetish. But again, intellectual and sexual freedom. You have to let people do this. I'm a Jewish person and I've seen Jewish submissives want to engage in like role play with kind of like white power Nazi imagery. Does it make me comfortable? No. Do I respect that person's right to enjoy or even fetishize, therapize in some way, experience catharsis of this historical oppression and horror through their sex lives? Sure. It hurts no one except them and they want it. So it's just an ongoing issue as we talk about payment processors, censorship. It kind of always bubbles up where it's like, oh, yeah, and don't forget how people of color can't have the fetishes they want. Mm -hmm. We're going to respect you so hard that when you want to be disrespected, we're going to continue respecting you. That's how much we respect you. So we can. Isn't that sorry, the patriarchy? Just, yeah, I, I guess this is the new. We're just continuously feeding into white power. So I don't know. Respect me harder, daddy. <laughs> just clip that if you need a jerk off. That's also a thing that I think is important, like just in terms of sex work in general, because like I don't do any dominatrix stuff. I just don't have that bone in my body. No pun intended. I'm not a dominant person. Even when I did BDSM, I was very submissive. And I was like, this is and I get asked constantly will you dom me? Will you do this? Will you do that? And I'm like, I, first of all, I'm not comfortable with it just as a person. I'd not, again, I respect everyone's right to do it. I'm friends with a lot of people that do it. I can't, I recognize it because I'm uncomfortable with it. And that makes me bad at it. Right. So like whenever I, and I just was talking about this on Twitter yesterday, whenever that happens to me, I will go in and be like, Hey, um, you know, I don't really do that, but here's this girl, this girl, this girl, that all do it and they're phenomenal and they kind of look like me. They have similar vibes. So like that way you can go. It's the same as like when you're a stripper and you're the guy you're talking to is not really into you. The best thing to do in that case is be like, is there another girl that you see here who you are? Because nine out of 10 times, yes. And then you can send her over and then you just gave her work too. So then she likes you. Right. And it's like that sharing ecosystem of like, let's be in this together. If I can't offer the service, here's a bunch of people that can. There are enough perverts for everyone. Exactly. So here's my question then. Your clients ask a lot of you, is there ever a point where you say, whoa, stop, we're not going to do that. I don't feel comfortable or no, this, this is past what I signed up for. Where do you draw the line, if ever? Crime. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I've been on people's computers and seen things that I did not want to see. 
And I won't go into it because I don't even want you guys to think about it. It was bad. Also, the death fetishists so often like guys email me. They're like, I will pay you $10,000 if you show up at this time in this place and you murder me. (laughs) And again, crime. So no, no, I'm not going to do that. And even suicide encouragement, that was something I felt a little weird about until recently there was a case where a woman was convicted of, I think, manslaughter for telling her boyfriend, like texting him, like, you should just kill yourself. And then he did. Uh, Michelle Carter. Yes. Yes. I watched that documentary. It was fucking crazy. And so in the same way fetishes are everywhere, there are guys that call me and they're like, yeah, now tell me to kill myself. I'm like, oh, actually, there's precedent now. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And there has been in the past before, too. I had to 5150 one time. That's my one crazy ex. I had to 5150 someone because he left me a note that even the police were like, yeah, this declares intent to harm himself. And if you know that someone is going is planning to harm themselves or others and you do not report it, you can be charged with manslaughter. Right. That's complicit. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, crimes, yeah. really. <laughs> it's a scary thing. But yeah, it is the law that you have to do that. It is. So that, again, a great reason to have a lawyer. Uh, you can call your lawyer and be like, hey, this guy wants me to kill him. Can I do that? Like, absolutely not. Like, OK, OK, thanks. I don't want to lose all my money and my freedom because I was trying to help someone. <laughs> I actually did do a lot of death fetish porn, but it was all the fake like snuff film stuff. And I did it when I was first starting out. And I still do have like a fan base from that. I'm just really good at pretending to be limp. Oh, sure. And I can hold my eyes open underwater. So I'm great at fake drowning. Oh. And you're already really pale. And I'm really pale. I look like such a good corpse. And there's an absolute market for that, both in art and in porn, Uh, like the necromantic films, which I think are banned in America. But there's so much form and expression of these desires, these thoughts. And one of the things that I've tried to do as an artist, I don't consider myself a porn star, even though I do make material that people think is porn. I consider myself an artist. I make music. I make visual art. I make all kinds of art because art can't be censored. That's the law. This is true. Absolutely. Uh, You know, it just comes down to free speech. Which we're big fans of. I don't know. I mean, if I was a tech dumb, I feel like I would would not be as good at it because I'd say... We're going to teach you Pascal and apply for developer jobs. And if you're really naughty, you're going to learn coffee script. (laughs) I have made guys write programs for me where I'm like, you know what I need? I need like just one line of JavaScript that will scrape all these websites and pull all these tags for me. Oh my God, free labor. I love it. That not that what slaves are supposed to be? I get so mad when guys call me and they're like, mistress, I want to be your slave. Tell me what to do with my penis. And I'm like, dude, I do not care about your penis. What can you do? Can you write? Can you do SEO? Can you make videos? Can you take pictures? Can you provide me with content? What can you do for me? I didn't realize that I could have a simp army that helps me do coding. Why did I not think of this earlier? I could have been more successful. Damn it. There's still time, Alice. There's still time. This is true, but I'm already dating a developer. Damn it. That's true. That just means you're about to move into project management. (laughs) That's true. I asked for help finding a new uh, USB-C adapter today for my computer. And instantly, everyone's like, this one, this one, this one. 
was on, and then someone sent me one. Although I will say that the person that sent it to me was my dad. Yay! But slaves is labor. That's what they're supposed to be. I may not have mentioned this, but I actually have a master's degree in library and information science. And so the kind of things I screen for when I'm looking for slaves is like, do you have JSTOR access? Do you have a library card? Are you capable of writing a 500-word essay and citing three peer-reviewed sources? Because... I use that shit. I mean, I give talks and obviously I do interviews. Holy shit. Your slaves no understand peer review? I made them understand peer review. Oh my God. I love you. I know. It's I like love a you public too, service. Yeah. You're, I mean, you are getting compensated fairly for it as you should, but seriously, you're doing the Lord's work out here. <laughs> Finally, someone sees it. Finally. <laughs> if we had more of you, we would not have this fake news epidemic that we currently have because everyone would understand peer review. There would be no vaccine truthers. Oh, my God. We need to switch all the QAnon truthers and everyone who's like way too into religion into like maybe all being subs to mistresses who teach them peer review. Well, because... They already are subs. Here's what I've noticed about group thinkers, whether they're QAnoners, very religious people, uh, guys who join the military. They have a desire to give up their power and their autonomy and their choices to a higher power. But as I tell all of my slaves, God does not answer your fucking prayers. Uh, God makes babies die of cancer. So what is that even worth worshiping, devoting your time, giving up your energy to? What if you worship and devote your time and energy to someone you can speak to, someone who's real, someone you respect, and then wake up every morning with a sense of purpose and being because you're actually contributing something positive to the world instead of praying that Sky Daddy will come and help you with your bullshit nonsense. I love it. You're also an atheist. This is oh. making me super happy. Jewish atheist. <laughs> Yay, me too. Yay. My rabbi told me that was okay. One time he was like, when are you going to get bat mitzvah? And I said, uh, sir, I don't even believe in God. So I think that would be disrespectful to the synagogue. And he said, the first commandment is thou shalt put no other God before me. So it doesn't say you got to believe. You just can't switch teams. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm a Jewish atheist. I love that. You just can't switch teams. That's perfect. They still want to claim you. That's a thing. It's like they call dibs already. So they're st they have to justify it somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As if like all the food and grandmothers aren't enough. Uh, just to make sure you know, like you are a Jew. So uh, obviously I even have like a Hebrew tattoo. So uh, <laughs> I am. I am Jewish. <laughs> Alice knows this, but I actually just found out my family is Jewish. I did 23andMe a couple of months ago. Mazel tov. Thank you. My turns out. Welcome I'm like, to the tribe. I know. I brought it up to my mom. I was like, hey, so like this says that like one of my great grandparents was full-blooded Ashkenazi and she didn't miss a beat. She just goes, yeah, your great grandmother lied a lot. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that means you're eligible for Israeli citizenship through Aliyah, which is the right of return. Just in case Sweet. you need to wait in case I need to go hang out with the super hot Israeli military girls that I have a noted fetish for going back years. 
honestly, with their Kalashnikovs and their fatigue pants, and they're all so goddamn hot. I love those girls. Like, I don't really agree with like the with the whole Palestine Israel thing, but they're so hot. Yes, I need an IDF uniform, uh, but I'm actually in the process of Aliyah, so I am like, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait to do those those videos. But just like we talked about earlier, taboo fetishes, I have an incredible number of Muslim customers. They love worshiping a Jewish goddess because in their culture, it's so wrong, so wrong, so bad. And so what do they want? They want to worship like the hottest Jewish girl they can find. And I keep telling my cousins in uh, the military in IDF, I keep saying, you just got to drop porn with hot Jewish chicks. Just like cover the Middle East in hot Jewish girl porn. Problem solved. Honestly, it solved some of my problems. Those Vice articles alone. I have them bookmarked. Habibi, we got you. The chicks is going to treat you right. That's right. (laughs) I will say going back to that, though, because that's something that makes a lot of sense to me. And it's something I've said in the past before, too, is I think a lot of the way that fetishes develop throughout our like sexual development throughout our lives is that I think there's some part of our brain that fetishizes things that we're either uncomfortable with or supposed to be afraid of. And it's our brain's way of taking those back. By like twisting them into this thing where I now get sexual gratification out of it. And now I'm the one back in control. Even if your fetish is to give up control. It's all fight or flight shit. Mm-hmm. It's like what makes you feel fight or flight when you're little? It's someone being mad at you and telling you you're not supposed to do something. And then you get older and it's uh, the early relationships and dating. And then you get older and you're like, okay, what makes me like kind of afraid? Like, uh... And for some of the Muslim guys that like to worship me, it's like, I want to say something super blasphemous, like, fuck Allah. And then, like, they do. And then they all call me Allah Harley. And I'm like, okay, this is great. That's amazing. Real quick, actually, I have a friend so who left Iraq a number of years ago. And he was telling me when he was in Iraq, two things. Number one, there were secret bars where you'd have alcohol and bacon. Ooh. So that was a thing. I did not know that there were secret bacon bars. But also, I didn't know that when he would go on journeys to uh, when they do the pilgrimage. Hodge. I was, mm-hmm. yes, when they do Hodge. Um, that there are stops along the way, and there are escorts along those stops, and you get a marriage certificate for a couple hours. It's just like any black market. Yeah. So he's been married a handful of times. And then I just found out literally yesterday that something similar happens here in the U.S., which is all the BYU people, like all the Brigham Young University Mormons, they're like, oh, yeah, they go get dr- hammered, have a great weekend in Vegas, Get they get married on Friday, annulled on Sunday, Monday, and they're all good in God's eyes because they technically, although they bone and had a lot of fun, they're still all good with the big guy up there. It's like Rumspringa. Yeah, it's like 90 Day Fiance. Like, it's where people meet, they mate. One of my favorite history professors in college said that, where people meet, they mate. I'm also a uh, amateur economist. I'm a big fan of economics. And I think that what we see in any place that there's a a prohibition on anything, there's always a black market to fulfill the desires because you don't prohibit something that people don't do. You don't have to outlaw like centaur sex because centaurs don't exist. 
but you make these prohibitions and then there becomes a black market. And that's what we see in every culture everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's why we see like, for example, when it comes to like same sex porn, it's massive in the South. It's massive in the Middle East because there's always a, a prohibition on it. But what fascinates me actually even more so is when I see random laws written like that, you look at it and you're like, okay, someone obviously did that. If that's a thing, like, I don't know, like, don't fuck a cow or something like that. You'll see in a random state, you know, you're like, who, what? Mostly states with large Amish populations. Yeah. And it's mostly sheep, because if you get a sheep on the edge of a cliff, it bucks back. I don't need to tell you how I know that. Supposedly, sheep, a sheep or goat vagine apparently look very, uh, or feel very it's similar sheep. to a sheep, okay, yep. to female organs. Even in the Bible, there's a prohibition against one sheep herder alone with the flock. They're always supposed to be two to prevent the sin from happening. I'm just saying, someone did it, and that's why there's a rule. A lot of dudes have fucked sheep, I think, over the last <laughs> couple millennium. They're just a lot of them. It's... <sighs> I don't know what to do. Are men okay? No, they are not. The answer is almost always no. Pornography. Yeah. Pornography is the answer. They'd rather fuck a sheep than go to therapy. I'm just saying. Half of these guys would rather fuck their hands than an actual other human being because it is so much effort to speak to someone and interact with them and not just be all gross and take your dick out. Well, have you talked to us? We are a lot of work. Yeah. And so I even have a book about this also on Amazon called Porn Sexual, which is a porn-dependent sexuality in our modern media age. The idea that there are some people who are choosing porn as their long-term sexual partner because the nuances of socialization and keeping up with having to engage with other someone else's needs, uh, it's too much. And so a lot of those guys call me a lot. MrSarley.com. <laughs> I will say on the flip side of that, I also kind of prefer masturbating. In general, there are a few people that I've had sex with where I'm like, yes, I'll take that any day. That's great. But I definitely, I get that personally. I'm a really busy person. I'm a little emotionally dense. I don't want to, like we were saying, I don't want to really deal with it unless you're paying me. So like, and I have a, a nice Hitachi that's very, it works every time. Whereas like with a dude, it's like, I mean, the last dude I had sex with was, no, I'm not exaggerating, not even five minutes. Oh my god! Oh, not even I five always, minutes. I always say that the Hitachi magic wand could replace any man on earth sexually. I was even on this Dennis Rodman podcast, which sadly did not air. But I was talking about the Hitachi magic wand, and he obviously had no idea what I was talking about. <gasps> he was like, "So you got your Harry Potter wand, right?" And I'm like, "Oh my god! Like Dennis doesn't know what a Hitachi magic wand is, like." We have promoted the Hitachi so many times on the show. They would even realize they are the unofficial sponsor of TGOM. They also took their name off of it. Now it's just the original magic wand because Hitachi didn't want to be. It's a back massager. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My TV is also Hitachi. And whenever people come over, they're like, oh, did you do it on purpose because of the massager? And I'm like, no, actually, my dad bought it for me. Thank you. It was just the one that was on sale at Sam's Club. Yes. <laughs> if only Sam's Club and Costco did the same thing except for like sex toys. I do have to go set that up after this. I got a Nintendo Switch for my birthday last week. Ooh. I know from my super hot girlfriend as well as these beautiful Waterford Crystal bar glasses. It's been a good week for me. You're going to break those so quickly. 
Shut up, Alice. No, don't say that. I got the heavy bottom ones on purpose. So for a number of years, I was gifted Waterford Crystal like wine glasses by an old company because they were like, hey, if you hit this goal, we'll give you these beautiful glasses. By the way, they never fucking match because they would only give me like two Chianti glasses or two Sauvignon Blanc glasses. So then I end up with like 12 glasses, six of which where it's like, all right, I got six pairs. They're all different. Horrible idea. Just why couldn't they be consistent? I like white wine. Just keep it simple. It's so old-fashioned you all drink out of glass still. After I broke all of my glasses, I bought uh, gold-plated wine glasses. Yeah, so if you have gold-plated ones, those don't break. In your case, is it real gold or... Oh, of course it's real gold, Uh, uh, Alice. What uh, kind of question is that? A man sold his house for her. (laughs) I live in Beverly Hills. Like, that should inform maybe some of uh, what you can know about me. I live in Little Armenia, although I was at the Beverly Hills Hotel the other night. Polo Lounge is really nice. It is, although I like the bar at the Ritz better. Okay, good to know. I had never been to either. It was fun for me. I was reading an interview where you had a guy sell all his stuff and he even slept on the floor. Yeah. And you were monitoring him. What other crazy shit have you had people do? Uh, I mean, the house is the best, right? Hands down. Car, all their stuff. One of my guys, I put him on such a restrictive diet that he lost like 100 pounds. And I actually got a letter from his doctor that was like, you saved this man's life. And, you know, he paid all the time. So I was like, okay, I will save your life. I am glorious. You really are a goddess. It's true. Yeah, the castration, obviously, some people feel is very extreme. But one of the most popular things that people find me for is I also invented this thing that I've seen other girls doing now, too, called the legal debt contract. Because guys would always want like a contract, like how can I like owe you money and pay you over time? And, you know, Kate, if you worked as a dancer, you know, you don't take money later, you take money now. And so because I have a lawyer, I was like, hey, these guys want to like pay me like $100,000 over five years. Like, how do I make it so if they don't do that, I can like sue them or fuck up their credit? And so we developed a contract that is not just legally binding, but I make them sign a stipulated judgment where basically if I have to sue you, you've pre-signed a document that says I am in the right. So I have guys paying me on contracts of like the biggest contract I have right now is $2 million. He pays like $10,000 a month, just that one guy, but even going all the way down to like $1,500. And then that guy pays me $40 every month or whatever. I I have software that keeps track of all of it for me, but you asked. (laughs) That's amazing. Did someone else write the software for you? Did you get one of them? No, I'm just using Excel formulas. (laughs) That's amazing. Holy shit. That's so much money. It is a huge amount of money. And Now I'm mad about all those years I worked for like $100,000 testing video games where I'm like, oh my God, I had to play so much World of Warcraft and they didn't even pay me like as much money as I get paid to sleep till noon every day. Like it makes me mad. Now, here's my question. What are the contingencies of that contract? So does this guy just pay you 10 grand a month or are there certain stipulations that you have to fulfill on your end in order to fulfill the agreement? 
The interesting thing about the agreement is that it's for services previously rendered. Ah, smart. They don't just give away those master's degrees. I had to work for it. They do not. I did not get into grad school. There's always time. (laughs) There is, there is. But I mean, I was going to go for like architectural history. So it's probably better that I didn't spend like $50,000 to do that, honestly. In the grand scheme of things, it would have been fun. But I definitely make more money doing this. Not a lot more money, but not, not as much as you. But, you know, not too shabby. I wanted to do a sociology and uh, like a PhD. I wanted to do a PhD and I was going to do sociology or economics. Now I get paid to do the research that I will turn later into uh, that PhD. (laughs) Oh, really? So you are planning on going back and doing your PhD, like kind of based on what you're doing now? No, I was going to do it actually for fun, which is the same reason I did my master's degree. I got bored testing video games and I was like, I don't read books anymore. If I was in grad school, I would have to read books. And so I went back to grad school. <laughs> you are planning on doing your PhD later. Maybe someday. That's like, that's way in the future for yeah. me. But it would be including this kind of, I'm just really curious because like I find it super, super, I've helped a couple people with their PhD research on like sex work and stuff like that, or just like doing interviews and stuff. And I like think that's so fascinating Yeah, I mean, I understand research methodology, Mm -hmm. so I'm keeping data, I keep information, I keep track of demographics and other important information, and I think that maybe someday I will turn it into a PhD because I'm a little bit of a data nerd anyway. And why not, right? It gives me something to think about. And it helps me, like right now I'm reading The Brave New World of Work by Ulrich Beck, who's like a German sociologist. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this this is going to help me as I take all this data that I have and smoosh it into something useful. Just like they do the men. (laughs) So considering that you are keeping track of some demographics, do you find that there's certain demographics that you wouldn't have expected to do go into certain types of fetishes. And I'm wondering, like, I don't know, maybe you're seeing patterns in, you know, certain personalities that are going towards a certain type of whether it's financial domination or more tech or more fetishized. I'm, I'm just curious if there's anything you're seeing that you're like, oh, didn't expect that. But that's definitely a thing. It's probably not a big realization to anybody, but I was really unfamiliar with um, like sissy play before I started doing this full time. And in the course of interacting with like sissies, half the time they're actually in their way to gender transition. And it's really interesting to me how half of those people are almost into it from a humiliation aspect, which I find a little offensive. Like, it's so humiliating to be a woman. Like, how dare you? But then the other half are like, and then I wear this all the time. Like, I wear these underwear all the time. I'm like, yes, if you're a woman, you wear those underwear all the time. And it's interesting to just watch that develop and So for me, as an observer of the human condition, I'm like, okay, so there's this group of people and that and they're doing the same thing and they don't even know they're interacting with each other or why 
Also, the exposure fetishists, like I have this other website called loserhallofshame.com where guys pay me to post pictures of them, like, and even like pictures of them holding their passports, like pictures with really personal identifying information. So I was on this TV show in Spain and they were like uh, looking at the loser hall of shame and they pulled up a guy with a Spanish passport and they were like, oh yeah, here's Juan. He's, he, he lives here. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about Juan. Yeah, he's there. Not expected though, right? Would you mm-hmm. expect that people would want pictures of them with their passports posted on a place called loser hall of shame? <laughs> That's amazing. Also, I love that you got that domain name. Oh, I have all of them, girl. All of them. I do too. That's a big thing I tell people all the time. I own Kate Kennedy XXX, Kate Kennedy Porn, like all of them. You just buy them all and you pay like $3 a year or whatever. That's one of the few pieces of advice that somebody gave me when I first got into sex work that I would say is actually very valuable because you get a lot of crap advice when you first start as well. Like a lot of it is bullshit, but that one was really good advice. Yeah, absolutely. Also, if the guy that has the OG Kennedy on Instagram is listening, Steven, I'm still mad about this. I don't know why you won't answer my DMs offering to pay you money for that stupid handle. I own it everywhere else and the domain name, except he has it on Instagram and TikTok. And he's like a science teacher in Minnesota. I'm like, there's no way you're using this to build your brand and I want it back. Oh, that's messed up. I know. I own, because I sometimes register domain names just for shits and giggles because I'm bored, which is a terrible use of my time. The two interesting ones I own are who's a zodiac killer.com and it points to Ted Cruz's website. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. And I own that up until September this year. Maybe I'll renew it. And do I still own cancerforkids.com? Is it for kids? Yes. I feel like you could sell both of those. If you like them, email me info at twogirlswithmike.com. I'll sell you both. Because it does become a thing. It's a huge pain in the... Well, I mean, both of those, I some crackpot is going to buy that uh, who is the Zodiac Killer one and probably keep it forwarding to Ted Cruz's website. That's what I would do. Maybe the actual Zodiac Killer. Maybe the actual... I don't... I feel like if he's still alive, he probably is not super tech savvy. It's been a long time. Although, I mean, you know great cryptographer maybe uh, what if the zodiac killer is still alive and he's making bank on cryptocurrency wouldn't that track i mean just let me have the unsolved mysteries like we found him because he purchased who is the zodiac killer.com like let me have that in robert stack's voice like that's please. the episode i want to see you know what i probably shouldn't even sell it i should just give it away uh heidi cruz contact me i'll, I'll hook you up girl she's just gonna link it to that one porno video <laughs> that he retweeted on like the Wayback Machine. Oh yeah, that was the one with... Um, it was the most like vanilla porno ever, which was so funny. I'm actually angry that I can't remember the porn star who was in it. And I wanted her on the show. Uh, Corey Chase. Corey Chase was in that porn, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I only remember her because she has amazing arms every time I see her. No porno clip of me or anything has ever become a meme. And I'm still like a little sad about it. Like, I feel like I did some memeable stuff and just never happened for me, you know? Because if you're in one of those, like Johnny Sins, that's his whole career. I've got some good SEO games, so hit me up after this. Thank you. My uh, BS is in digital marketing and brand strategy. So I feel you. Yeah, and social media management is what I did before I got into porn. 
My bachelor's is in history, a degree you can do nothing with. My other one is in art history. Yeah, I have, t- I have two, and the other one's in art history. And Ooh, yeah, you cannot do anything. Double major, yeah. Four years, 4.0, didn't get into grad school or a job. <laughs> Good for me. Uh, so, Mistress Harley, do you have anything to promote? I mean, it sounds like you have you have a rap album, you have books, you have a site, where can our listeners find you? Uh, yeah, mistressharley.com, techdom.com, techdom.info, techdomhiphop.com, blackmailthumbdom.com, fitnessdom.com. <laughs> Amazing. And listeners, by the way, we do have some fantastic video footage of us recording with Mistress Harley. So you guys get to see all the good, the bad, and the flubs. Head on over to patreon.com slash two girls on mic, and you could check us out there and help keep the show running as always. But we do have some Patreons to thank this week. So this week we want to thank Megan in Australia, Brian Gowdy, Dave Lewis, Rich Wedling, Chad Brooks, Jeff Larch, Flying Furry Pickles, Brandon Oglesby, David Ott, Christopher Weech, and many, many others. And again, patreon.com slash two girls on Mike. Hit us also up on two girls on Mike.com. But Kate, where can our listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the OG Kennedy, as in the OG, like original gangster, Kennedy, like the dead president. You can find me on Instagram at the PG, like the movie rating, Kennedy, again, like the dead president, because that stupid science teacher in Minneapolis still will not answer my DMs. And if you would like to subscribe to my OnlyFans, it is at theogkennedy.com, because I own the domain. Uh, also, please go listen to my other podcast, Cam Girl Chronicles, which you can find at camgirlpod.com. All of season one is out now, and we're taking a little break before we hopefully will get into season two this summer. And I guess you could find me after his show on Loser Hall of Shame. <laughs> no, you have to pay to be there, Alice. But if you want my social media links, Twitter at TechDom, Instagram, TechDom Mistress Harley, YouTube, Mistress Harley, OnlyFans, Mistress Harley. Like, just literally Google Mistress Harley. I have an IMDb. I was in the Deep Space Nine documentary. <gasps> That's amazing. Shut the front door. For real. We had all the way through this and we didn't bring this up. We had a lot to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, uh, the Deep Space Nine documentary, What We Left Behind. I met everybody at this event in San Francisco called Gays in Space. And they were like, we really need fans to talk about why they love Deep Space Nine. And I'm a hardcore Star Trek fan. I watch all the Star Trek from the very beginning to the very end. And when I get to the very end, I start it again. And it usually takes me about a year and a half to go from TOS to the end, uh, which is now like Discovery and the Lower Decks, which I fucking love. So, yeah, I was in the Deep Space Nine documentary uh, and I was also on an episode of Raw and I was on The Doctors on CBS talking about financial domination. So find me on IMDb. Find me everywhere. Girl, I didn't realize you were a Trekkie. So uh, next time, uh, post-COVID times, you... Okay, so we're going to have to go to a Trek conference together. Done. I know Adam Nimoy. You did just become Alice's best friend. Hey. I met him at Gaze in Space. Which is so great because she was in the market for one. That's amazing. I love this for you, Alice. This is true, and I did need a new gay in space. Buzz Aldrin is not returning my call, nor is he gay. Huge disappointment for that one. But then again, also, if you just happen to know, I mean, God, you wouldn't know Jean-Luc Picard or Riker, but okay, fine. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just such a Riker girl. 
It's the beard, right? You love the beard. I, I mean, it's so funny because I restarted watching The Next Generation and season one with him without the beard. So young. So thin. He gets fatter as the seasons go on. Oh, Jonathan Flakes. I do not personally know Jonathan Flakes or Patrick Stewart. Uh, but if you did... Hey, wait, Harley, you have a Bible? You can get this at Walmart. Um, yeah. Wait, <laughs> shut the front door. Explain yourself. Why do you have a Bible? And why can you get it at Walmart? I was actually looking for my copy. Oh, I found it. I found it. My copy of the Ferengi Rules of Acquisition, which is a really big influence. I skip so many Ferengi episodes. I'm sorry. Okay, so start with Ferengi Rules. Okay, start there. If you are starting a business, start with this. <laughs> Wait, did you write that? The Ferengi? No, no, no. This is by uh, Ira Stephen Bear. He is actually the director of Deep Space Nine documentary and was a writer on Star Trek for a long time. I didn't realize he made that. Uh, it's delightful. Each page like, is just like, there is no substitute for success. Like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> this is the self-help book we need. Free advice is seldom cheap. <laughs> that is such a Ferengi thing to say. Yeah, so get this if you're starting a business. Get this if you need a new God in your life. Like, uh, But yes, this is the Bible. The Holy it's so God. thick. That's amazing. Yeah, it, yeah that is the thickest one you've ever seen, right? <laughs> it's nice and girthy. Pretty picture of that. I am going to plug what I'm reading right now just because I think, Harley, you would really like it. I just started reading Hype by Gabrielle Bluestone, which is about different scammers in the Instagram age. So it goes through the whole Billy McFarlane Fire Festival thing. Uh, lots of other scams that have your scammer book made me think of that. And uh, I think it's really good. I just She just had a piece in the New York Times as well um, about people that scam. And I always just like admire those people. I'm like, oh. I want to read that. Some people like being scammed. Yeah, and that, that's a big part of it is the collective group think that goes into it, the buy-in for it, and like really, really fascinating. And uh, yeah, it's it's like kind of a, pardon the term, it's a hyped up book right now because it's called Hype, but it's really good. And uh, I think you'd like it. I'm going to tweet at her about my shit. Yeah, you should. Honestly, <laughs> like you should because she's a, a super fascinating person. She's probably really interested in it. See, I worked temporarily in the trademark copyright space and trying to take down scammers on the places like Instagram, Facebook, you know, your Taobao's and Alibaba's, AliExpress, you name it. But it's fascinating to me how easy it is to put fake products on there and people just don't realize the differences. I mean, your bigger corporations do have some resources in order to pay, you know, whether it's a small army of people to just find these images and, you know, confirm whether or not it is their product and have them removed and also submit the takedowns for them. But most people don't have those resources. And the problem is when you see like a one-off product and like if, take any Shark Tank popular product that you you could just think about. It's a small team. And by small team, I've literally talked to some of those people who start those companies and they're like, yeah, I'm still like a three-man operation. I have no time to like spend every day like submitting case documents for 50 different links and then, you know, have them pop up only like three days later. That is the actual case when, you know, it comes to that, down to this. And there's not really many good tech companies. There's just one that I can think of, and I'm not going to plug them on this show because 
fuck them. They fucked me over. Their whole shtick was they can find image-wise close enough, kind of like, um, you know, like reverse image search. But imagine if you could do reverse image search on large scale to a point where you could also find some subtle um, differences to find like emblems and logos and things like that. But you still need human validation to say, yeah, that's a real Louis Vuitton logo or not, because software is not perfect. And if you're learning for the first time today, software is not perfect. Surprise! Uh, So super manual. Otherwise, literally every other company on the market, what they do is they hire people to just click through shit and then just like file the takedown notices one by one. So scammers, super prolific on like, that's why you never buy shit on like Instagram or Facebook because go to the original site and chances are the original site, if it's a shitty Shopify store, it's definitely a fake. It's not that hard to spot. It is not. And also the reason I got into this book in the first place and Alice knows this is because I am deep in the Caroline Calloway subreddit. And I'm obsessed with it. I'm so obsessed. Oh my God, Alice. She's like jello wrestling in Brooklyn right now. I just, her life is insane. And my favorite thing about her is that she's like a self-identified scammer who's really bad at it. Like she's (laughs) really bad at scamming. And she literally like announced a book a year ago called Scammer saying that she was going to like write this book about how she went viral as a scam. And we're over a year later that she promised it was done and sent to the boutique publishing house, but delayed because of COVID. And there's still no manuscript. I paid $25 for this and I'm going to, I'm not asking for a refund. I will wait. Cause eventually I'm going to get some deranged note in the mail being like, we can do hard things. It'll say something like that. And I will totally pay $25 for this. Like, I just, I want to see what this ends up. I'm obsessed. Alice, if you need any more, she rehomed one of her cats. Oh, she paid, she now has an official director of TikTok because she's almost 30 and doesn't understand it. Just, I, so much is happening in the West Village right now. I'm slightly over 30 and I, I mean, I, I know you how could to use learn it, it I, if I, you I wanted to. And especially if you didn't true. have a job. Okay, you're right. Yeah, if you had no job. I mean, I'm now saying this about me too because I also don't know how to use TikTok, but I don't want to. It's a principle thing. And I think, and I'm just going to say this out loud on a podcast right now so that a year or two from now when this actually comes out, I have a theory that there is something really skewy with the numbers that TikTok pulls. I think it's going to come out in a couple of years that there's something about this app where they are fudging numbers on how viral things actually are. Oh, absolutely. I don't buy it. I've had so many people that have barely any followers on Twitter, Instagram, and all of a sudden they have like 2 million TikTok followers. And like, this doesn't, there's not enough teens in the world that could possibly be on this app. There's just, it's just not like that doesn't make any sense. And it, it's going to come out and I'm going to feel really vindicated. But my music is on TikTok. So if you want to use one of my songs to make a funny little dance and uh, smash the patriarchy, please do that. See, that's the other reason I'm salty about this is because I'm a terrible dancer. And I really hate that like the most popular app in the world now relies on the one skill in high school that I wasn't very good at because I was like the captain of the cheerleading squad and they still made me stand at the back. Oh, I have no rhythm. I can't help it. Also, one time we did a whole homecoming routine that was Bollywood themed, which seems kind of offensive 10 years later. I don't know. It was the year Slumdog Millionaire came out. 
I mean, it could be also very appreciative. I mean, when are ever Bollywood dances done? I think that's cool. I'm sure the one Indian kid at my high school really appreciated it, except then the next year he moved to Tuscaloosa and that was the year that the tornado hit. And so we had this whole day of like, wear red for Rohit and we like donated like $2. But here's the thing, like his, he was fine. Like his house was not destroyed. Like, I think the money like went to the Red Cross. Like Rohit was fucking totally okay. He was just the only person we knew that lived in Tuscaloosa. Whereas I came from New Jersey. So like a third of my school was Indian. Actually, my college. Yeah, no, most people were Indian. I was a minority, frankly, because I went to like a STEM school. That was weird. So I did not have that problem. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm from Colorado. It's a famously not diverse place there is an entire character on south park dedicated to that one joke there are no white people or there are only white people in colorado when i went to college my college was literally ranked as the most diverse campus in the united states so yeah i i can't relate i grew up in the san francisco bay area so all of this like only white people like only one indian person i'm just like wow Okay, so there it's like white people reservations out there. And sometimes like uh, someone else moves in. It's like, oh, I'm on the white reservation. <laughs> it, it's extremely strange. And I actually talk about this with my parents now because now I live in L.A. And I do stand-up comedy. So my friend group is very diverse. And I have friends from all over the country and all over the world and all different nationalities. And reasons. like, it's really interesting because I feel like I've had to learn a lot, like very quickly as an adult, because it just w- was not around any other cultures like as a child like there's really is not my town does have a like significant hispanic population so i was familiar with that but everything else it's like it's so weird to move from like colorado and like a small town to literally now i live in hollywood and it's like one of the most diverse places on the planet it's what i love about it yeah it's great i feel like i'm constantly like learning i love being around i'll like get to try different foods it's really cool like yeah, it's all about the food. It's all about the food. I just want to eat everyone's food. Just like there would be world peace if we just all ate each other's food. And we're like, damn, Korean food's so hella good. Like, Right? <laughs> I was going to say, I live right between Koreatown and Thaitown. So it's just oh, like... Oh, I get delivery from a lot of the restaurants in your neighborhood. You do. <laughs> They're great. Oh, it's God. so great. And I like, I think about it too. I think about my like Irish ancestors like eating like potatoes. And I'm, like, here, like, ordering, like, duck noodles and, like, ramen and all these, like, foods that, like, they can't even imagine me, like, eating. It's it's kind of an interesting thing to think about. Oh, uh, just give me some of that um, sundubu jangi. It's Korean tofu soup. It's delicious. Okay. But, I mean, it's weird because I went from the most diverse neighborhoods I grew up in in New Jersey and New York and for the first time, I mean, listeners of the show know this, I'm for the next two years living in a different place every single month. And I'm in Nashville now. And what's amazing is now I'm experiencing like the other side of the spectrum. I went from like, oh, we have all this diversity to, oh, it's hella white. And so first off, I'm going to argue that white people, we do have our own culture. It's called brunch. Look, let's be honest. Gender reveal parties came out of white people. Also dog birthday parties. I think that's specifically a white person thing. Speaking of which, squeegees is coming up next month. What am I saying? It's going to be on. bigger than mine, honestly. I'm going to invite a lot of people. She's turning five, so. That is a big deal. I know. It's a huge deal. No one thought she would make it this long. All right. So 
We should start wrapping this up. Uh, guys, if you want to follow the show on all the places, we're at TGM Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And you can find me, Alice, at Rational Blonde over on Twitter. But of course, you can find us again next week. And you don't even have to be a patron. Just make sure to like, subscribe to the show, and leave us a comment. We always love a new review. But guys, thanks for joining us. And enjoy the rest of your days, ladies. Pleasure. Thank you, you too. And I will see you on Friday. Oh my God, Kate's coming to Nashville. All right. So, Mistress Harley, thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.